You're listening to the Stay Sore Podcast, where we talk about physical, financial, and emotional strength. Why stay sore? Because nothing good comes easy. Here's your host, Bo Skitsko. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Stay Sore Podcast. I'm your host, Bo Skitsko, and today we talk about 10 fitness myths. There's way more, but those are just the ones that I heard this week, and I thought, why not talk about them? Entertain you, so remember, entertain. Don't take my sarcasm too serious. Sometimes I have a hard time putting a filter on, but also educate you and give you some perspective. Today's episode is a solo podcast, so just me talking to you. Hope you're going to like it. Hope you're going to enjoy it, and um, let's get started. Let's get started. 10 fitness myths. Number one, spot reduce fat. All right, so uh, let me ask you this. Let's say you're overweight or almost obese and you decide to do 3 million crunches. Does that mean that you're going to have chubby cheeks, flappy arms, thick thighs, and a ripped, chiseled six-pack midsection? It doesn't work that way. Your body burns fat from everywhere at the same time in your body, no matter what you do. But genetically, some people burn slightly more in their face, some burn it first in their abs more, or in their thighs, uh, depending who you are, good or bad, but some people burn it more in their chest, and so on. So it burns everywhere, it takes fat from everywhere in your body, but genetics can determine Wherefrom it takes slightly more or slightly less. So uh, fitness myth number one, spot reduce fat. You cannot spot reduce fat. All right, let's move on to number two, stretching for a uh, warm-up. So I can see where this is coming from. I can kind of understand why this looks like it would make sense that you have to stretch before your workout, that you have to stretch for your warm-up. Let me ask you this. Let's just say the most common stretch when you reach for your toes. You bend down, reach for your toes to stretch the back of your legs. Um, where does the warming up part start? Does reaching for your toes literally warms you up? Like, does that raise your core body temperature? Think about it. Warming up has to do three main things. Warming up has to literally warm you up so raise your core temperature just a little bit. That's, that's why it's called warming up. Two, it has to raise your heartbeat uh, just a little bit. Again, nothing crazy. It has to uh, get your heartbeat up a little bit. And it has to lubricate your uh, joints, muscles, and tissues that are about to work. Meaning get some blood flow in there. Get the tissues to slide better between each other. Um, so does stretching do any of that? If you reach for your toes, I mean static stretching, if you reach for your toes, does that raise your core body temperature? Probably not. Does that get your heart rate up? Probably not. Uh, or at least not significantly to be called a warm-up. Does that lubricate the joints and tissues around the muscles you're about to target? Probably not. Here's the bad part about stretching statically before a workout. Um, in your muscle fibers, there's cross bridges 
if my memory doesn't betray me, they're called myosine and actine. And when they pull together towards each other, that's where your muscle contracts. When you do an intense static holding stretch, those get pulled apart, making your body even weaker for the next day or two or even three. So it takes up to 72 hours to grow them back together to get the strength back you just lost from intense stretching. So stretching before a workout, not a good idea. Dynamic stretching where you swing your arms in and out a few times, swing your legs up and down, that is a good idea. You're not stretching it too intense, you're getting heart rate up, you're warming up, uh, temperature is going up, you're getting blood flow into those areas. So dynamic stretching before a workout, very good. Static stretching, usually after the workout or a uh, different day. Now, <clears throat> I want to also provide some value. So uh, here's something to keep in mind, or just a tip. If the, the easiest way, the simplest approach to warming up is doing whatever you're about to do, do it just a little less, a little easier or a little lighter. Here's what I mean. If you're warming up or getting ready for a really heavy squat session with the barbell, the best way to warm up is just doing a few bodyweight squats. And then put the bar on your back and do a few barbell squats, right? And then you slowly add weights. What about bench press? Let's say you're getting ready for a bench press workout. Just do a few bodyweight push-ups instead. Now, if you're not at that level yet, then uh, let's say your workout is the push-up itself, then do, do just some push-ups off your knees or do some push-ups off the wall. That's totally fine. Whatever you're about to do, do the easier or lighter version of that before your workout, and that's a good warm-up. Good enough. You just do the same thing, just in an easier way. All right, uh, let's move on to the next one. Number three, myth number three, turn fat into muscle or vice versa, turn muscle into fat. So many times people come in and say, I want to turn this fat into muscle or vice versa. They ask me, if I stop working out, will my muscles that I built uh, turn into fat? It's like uh, saying mushrooms going to turn into cell phones or, uh, you know, oranges and apples. Uh, completely two different things. Fat is just adipose tissue that is stored energy. Muscles, on the other hand, are metabolically active tissues that can contract, can be used, and uh, those are completely two different universes. One can't con convert into the other. M fat, you can use up and burn, or you can store it as energy for later, so you can add fat or take it away. Muscles can contract or not be contracted, or used, stimulated, or not be stimulated. Completely two different things. I see why it looks like visually muscle turn into fat or ter fat turning into muscle, but it doesn't work that way. So burn fat and build some muscle. All right, let's move on to the next one. Number four, crunches for visual abs. Ooh, if I only had a dollar each time a person comes in, and tells me, I wanna, I wanna do crunches so I have a flatter stomach or so I can see the lines in my abs. Uh, where do I even start? Okay, so every single person has abs. Let's just even call them a six pack on their midsection. What happens is those abs, usually for most people, they are very shy. They're hiding behind a layer of fat so you can see them. If you do a million crunches, what you do is you strengthen 
the muscle underneath the layer of fat, but you're actually not doing anything to the layer of fat that is hiding the muscle. So what you need to do if you want to have a flat stomach or even vis visible abs, you need to literally just burn the fat, be in a calorie deficit, eat properly, and then work out overall everything, not just your abs. Work out everything so you burn more calories. And uh, when you lose the layer of fat on top of your stomach, then you can see the muscles underneath or just even have simply a flat stomach. So doing crunches does not mean you're going to have a six-pack. Uh, what it means is you're going to make the muscle underneath the layer of fat stronger, but not actually burn the fat on top of it. A holistic approach of nutrition and exercising and sleeping and everything, that will make the layer of fat disappear slowly, and then you can see the uh, muscle underneath. All right, next one. Number five, working out makes you lose weight. No, it doesn't. What working out does is makes you stronger, makes you fitter, makes you uh, use up more calories throughout the day. But what makes you lose weight is being in a calorie deficit, meaning you have to eat less than what you use up throughout the day. When you're in a calorie deficit, that's where your body start, starts going into the stored body fat and taking energy out of that because you haven't eaten enough. So working out makes you stronger, makes you fitter, makes you uh, gives you more endurance, makes you healthier, but it doesn't necessarily make you lose weight. If you eat more than what you burn throughout the workout, you will not lose weight. So what makes you lose weight is calorie deficit. Working out does not make you lose weight. Eating properly can. All right, next one, number six. You need to sweat to have a good workout. Um, oh, there's so many ways how I can go about this. Uh, let's say this. Let's say I put you in a sauna and give you a lame workout. Will you sweat? Question mark. If I give you a sauna suit, like one of those garbage bag suits that make you sweat, and I put a jacket on top of you, give you mittens, and give you a lame workout. Will you sweat? Most probably. Does that mean you had a good workout? No, it just means you lost a bunch of water, you dehydrated, and now you have to drink even more water to replenish what you just lost and sweat. Sweat has absolutely nothing to do with fat loss or good workout. Your body is sweating when the core temperature goes up and it tries to cool itself down by making your uh, surface moist so it can cool down a little bit. Your body surface gets moist and then you feel the wind more, you, you cool down a little better and that brings the core temperature down a little bit so you don't overheat. So sweating is just uh, water coming out of your body and hopefully you will replenish it and drink it after you're done working out or even during the workout, zip on water. Okay, so sweat has nothing to do with burning fat. It has nothing to do with your workout intensity. Now, what I will say is sometimes when you sweat, you feel good about it. You feel like you're doing something and that's totally perfectly fine. You can even have a placebo effect. Sweat is a good workout, uh, yada, yada. So get a sweat on, swing your ponytail, have fun with it. That's all good. I'm just saying that sweating is not does not mean that you had a good workout versus if you don't sweat, it doesn't mean you didn't have a good workout. If you work out outside in the winter, you probably will not break a sweat, but you can still have a good workout. 
So uh, that's not the only indicator of a good workout. Don't rely on it, but get a, get your sweat on, swing your ponytail and have just fun with your workout. It's all good, all right? By the way, guys, it's really, really raining outside. I hope you can't see the, uh, you can't hear the thunder and the rain through the microphone. Uh, but if you do, sorry for that, let's just keep going. I wanna record this in one sitting, no editing, just get after it. I don't have time for editing, but I wanna get some information out for you so you can uh, use it or enjoy it as entertainment. Um, let's move on, so sweat. Number seven, running on a treadmill is as effective as running outside. Over the last decade of me being a full-time personal trainer, I had trained many marathon runners. Not necessarily my favorite thing to do, but it's totally fine, whatever you're into. And um, I just simply don't like running long distance. I'm not built for that. I could, but I enjoy lifting. Anyway, I digress. So um, I have trained people for marathons. And they would insist on running on a treadmill because it's more comfortable. And that is exactly the problem. They would train on a treadmill because it's easy, accessible, I get it. You, you, you can watch your favorite show on your phone or on your TV while you're in the treadmill, I get it. But later on, they, they trained really well, they, they put the effort in. And later on, they went to the game day marathon run and they, they made it, but they were struggling so much. They barely got it. They were surprised. This was so hard. Here's the harsh truth. When you run on a treadmill, you're not taking your body weight from point A to point B and carrying it there. Your body weight stays in one place and your legs move underneath it. And there's a little engine pulling your legs back. In a real life scenario, you have to take your body weight and carry it from point A to point B, you have to go up, you have to go down, you have to step on a curb, you have to avoid a pothole, you have to go left, you have to go right, you have to pass people. Uh, so there's so much in real life, there's different terrains, all kinds of things, wind, sun, um, there's a lot of things happening. So running on a treadmill is not even close as effective as running in real life. That being said, a treadmill is much better than nothing at all. If you only have a treadmill, it's raining outside and you're not super extreme about it, just run on a treadmill, it's all good. But I'm just saying it's not the same, so don't rely on the treadmill only, okay? Let's move on to the next one. Number eight, lifting weights makes you bulky. <laughs> I'm getting the chills, I'm getting goosebumps. Lifting weights makes you bulky. Um, Yes, this is mostly for girls. Girls come in here and say, I don't want to lift this, this heavy dumbbell because I might get bulky. Um, my question is, where's the cutoff weight? After which number do you get bulky? I understand that a three pound pink cute dumbbell will not make you bulky, but what number, after which number do you get like all muscular and manly with wanes popping? What is that magic number? What is heavy and what is not? Um, ladies, let's say you have a baby and the baby keeps growing. It starts off with like, what, seven, eight, nine pounds, sometimes 10. Sorry, that hurts. But, uh, so you have a 10 pound baby. You have to carry it around, do, do warm up the milk or whatever you do. And then, um, the baby becomes 12, 15 pounds, 20 pounds. All right. So uh, after which weight do you get bulky from carrying that heavy baby? Let's say you go on a hike 
and for two days and you have to sleep in a tent, you bring it all with you, you have a big backpack, 30, 35 pounds of stuff, water, tent, isomat, and all kinds of stuff, right? You have your boots on, it's all heavy, the whole thing is like 30 or more pounds. Do you come back from that hike all jacked and looking manly because you just had a heavy weight on you? So you see where I'm going with this, right? I hope, I hope you hear the sarcasm. Um, lifting, let's talk from a scientific perspective. Being strong, strength and heavy weights builds your nervous system mostly and muscle a little bit. It teaches your nervous system to fire more muscle fibers. Getting bulky, getting big is more about hormones, nutrition and the style of working out. Actually, getting big and bulky has more to do with lighter weights. Uh, not, not just, but I'm just saying that there's a difference between strength. I don't want to go into the science of it because it becomes too complicated and too confusing. But strength has more to do with your nervous system than with your muscles. And most people don't understand that. So um, also to get bulky and big, you have to have the proper hormonal balance for that particular goal, building muscle. As it turns out, it's not that easy to build muscle. Me personally, for the last decade, I've been trying to get bigger, stronger, uh, more bulky. Yes, I want to be more bulky. I want to have muscle, but it's not that easy, especially if you're natural. If you're not injecting any kinds of uh, hormones into you, it's not that easy. Your body doesn't do it that easily. There's guys that try for years to put on muscle and it doesn't work. I mean, it works, but it's such a slow and hard process. You will not accidentally lift a dumbbell and get manly and bulky. If you would, I would ask you how you did that. So, um, ladies, compared to men, you don't have the proper hormonal makeup, like the proper balances of testosterone, noradrenaline, growth hormone, and other hormones to make you bulky. If I can't do it in the last 10 years to the point where I want it to be, then you will most definitely have a hard time with that. If you really hardly, really hard try to build muscle and by some weird accident you happen to build three muscle throughout the next 9-12 months, three pounds of muscle throughout the nine 12 months ahead of you, congratulations, that's an amazing result. But those three pounds of muscle spread throughout your whole body, you will not even see it. But you're going to build confidence. You're going to build strength, usable strength you can use in everyday life. You're going to avoid injuries or be less prone to injuries because your body is used for heavy, uh, intense stuff. And those three pounds of muscles will burn more fat than just going running. That's just how it works. So uh, I'm, I'm spending too much time on this uh, bulky thing. But another point, let's say you are going through a menopause or you're post-menopause. Your bone density is down. You, you have problems with that. Uh, any doctor will tell you that lifting heavy weights and having a proper strong, strength training uh, program will help you with bone density. If you lift heavy weights, your body is going to try to make your bones more dense to survive from the heavy lifting. So there's tons of benefits and pretty much if you have a good coach, no side effects. Let's move on. Number nine, toning muscle. 
Uh, that's just a silly, funny one. People come in and say, I want to tone my muscle. I don't know what that means. How do you tone a muscle? I know muscles contract. I know you can burn fat for energy. So here's what happens. If you burn the layer of fat on top of your muscle, it will give you a more toned look. So you can't tone muscle. You can use it or you cannot use it. But if you burn the layer of fat on top, which we learned comes from proper nutrition and a little bit from exercising, but mostly from proper nutrition, then if you burn the fat, you can look toned, but you cannot tone a muscle. Just a silly uh, thing I thought I'll add. All right, and number 10, more is better. And uh, this, is, this is a sad one because a lot of people diminish their results or set themselves back with this idea that more is better. I've been working out three days a week and I can't seem to lose fat. I'll just go to four times. It doesn't work. I go to five to six workouts, seven workouts. If you don't have results from seven times a week working out, are you going to go to eight times a week? So you see where I'm going with this, right? It doesn't make much sense to do more. Um, focus on the more important things. Instead of working out seven times a week, work out three or four, but give it all you have. Give it all you have. Give it your whole heart and intensity. And then go home and just rest. And remember, it's not about working out always. Sometimes it's about nutrition. If you eat bad, you can't outwork out a bad diet. A whole workout here in my studio burns the average person anywhere between, depending who you are, between like 150 to 250 calories, 150 to 250 uh, calories throughout the workout. Um, we have short, quick, intense, I mean active workouts, just the, the ones coming from the workout itself, not from existing. But anyway, so you can eat an ice cream and undo it like that in a minute. So uh, what I'm trying to say is that don't look for more Rather, look where am I missing the missing link, right? So, same with diets. People go on a crazy diet, want to lose as much as possible in one week because in two weeks is a uh, vacation plant and I want to look good in my two-piece bikini. And then they diet even more, diet even more, and harder and harder because they want more results. And all of a sudden, their body crashes, blood sugar is low, they're getting all shaky, they can't even work out. And then they literally have to go to the store and buy a sugary drink to replenish blood sugar so they can feel halfway decent again. So what I'm trying to say is don't push more, more, more. Just go smarter. Be wise, be smart, analyze what you do, try to understand where is the missing link, and then add it. Instead of working harder, doing more, just work smarter. Okay, guys, that was the 10th one. More is not always better. Try to do less for more results if you can find a way to do that. I hope you enjoyed this, this uh, 10 fitness myths. Hope you get something out of it. Um, if you have ideas or questions for the next podcast, leave a comment or email me at boskitsko at gmail.com. Follow the uh, podcast, support it. If you have somebody who you think could benefit from that, then obviously share it. I would love that. I want to grow with you together. Um, yeah, just be smart. Don't work hard. Work smart. See you or talk to you in the next one. Stay sore.